It's time for another Holiday Hot Mess episode of Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gason. So get ready to meet us under the mistletoe as we sneak back out of the Christmas closet. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gason. I'm your host, Gason, or as my friends just call me, Jason. You know, we are still in February, my holiday elves, and it's it's the month of love for lovers, or as I like to call it, Single People Awareness Month, because nothing reminds us that we're single, like going through Valentine's Day alone. Uh, but I decided, okay, you know, I could make this a very bitter podcast, or I can focus on romance and love, and I thought, well, why don't we look at some romance uh, for this month in Christmas. And so I asked the team to come up with some lovely segments this month. We're going to hear about the romantic side of Christmas and our festive fun facts. Uh, Mrs. Claus has a chocolatey treat for two. Carol's back talking about party planning. Ned's here with another gift. And uh, we're going to see if The Adventures of Candy Claus is a sweet classic or a not-so-classic Christmas special. So let's get on with the show and start off with a festive fun fact. Christmas is a time to say I love you. As I mentioned earlier, it's still the month of love, and this month I really wanted to focus on some Christmas romance around the world. And there are quite a few romantic Christmas traditions around the world, and I honestly know that if I try to talk about all of them in one episode, that's all we would do. And um, I don't want to do that. I want to save some of them for later episodes. So I figured I'd just talk about a couple of them, and they all have marriage on the mind. So let's start with Austria. Uh, they celebrate a very special day on December the 4th called St. Barbara's Day. So let me give you the tea on who Barbara is, all right? Now, according to the legend, her father was the pagan emperor who was a little too worried about Barbara's virginity, okay? So he locked her up in a tower whenever he was away. <laughs> like, he was legit, like, hey. Um, he did not like Christianity or anything to do with it. And one day he came back home and noticed in the tower where he kept Barbara that there were now three windows instead of two. Apparently, Barbara's inner uh, construction worker came out and she decided to blow out a wall and put in a window. And so, like any good father wondering what happened to something he built, he asked her about it. And Barbara was just being honest and proud of what she'd done. And she told him she said, you know, I've become a Christian and the three windows represented the trinity of her new faith. Well, he lost it on Barbara. He demanded that she renounce the idea of Christianity. And Barbara was like, no, Pop, I'm not going to do it. So he decided that she should be tortured and beheaded. Um, and she was. <laughs> so, but here's a, here's, here's a story with a happy ending. Right after he did that, he got what he deserved, and uh, which was he was struck dead by lightning. So there you go. Thanks for being a, a a rude person there, Dad. But you're probably wondering at this point, like, all right, Jason, what does this have to do with Christmas? Well, stick with me, because another part of the St. Barbara legend concerns her time in the Tower. And it's we're led to believe that um, 
she was super depressed and alone in her tower. And she found a dried up cherry tree branch or cherry blossom tree branch. And she would moisten it daily with a few drops from her drinking water. And uh, after some time, she started to feel better because these beautiful cherry blossoms started appearing days before her impending execution and gave her some some hope and some beauty in her time of need. So fast forward, and now on St. Barbara's Day, again, December the 4th, early in the morning, people in Austria will cut small twigs from cherry trees, place them in a vase, and place it in their house. Now, if the twig blossoms by Christmas Eve... It is a sign of good luck and health for the following year. And in some parts of Austria, it also means that a member of your family is going to get married the next year, which is super sweet. So, you know, all the single ladies out here, uh, maybe we should practice celebrating St. Barbara's Day and get our little cherry blossom and our little cherry twig and stick it in some water and hope that, uh, you know, it blossoms and we find our true love. Uh, another really romantic um, thing with marriage around Christmas comes from the Czech Republic. On Christmas Eve, single women stand outside their houses, turn their backs to their front doors, and I kid you not, they toss a shoe over their shoulder. And if the shoe lands with the front of the shoe pointing towards the door, it is said that she'll be married within the next year. And... um it doesn't say what size shoe to use, so, you know, you could use a boot. But to my single drag queen friends, launch those stilettos because we're going to get married, y'all. Figuring it out. Um, one uh, fun one that I just found absolutely fascinating is in Poland. On Christmas Eve, a.k.a. Vigilia, uh, they celebrate this entire uh, evening of Vigilia. And I loved it so much that I honestly plan on doing a whole episode about these specific traditions that they do on Christmas Eve. But one of the things that they do is they celebrate by drawing straws. Now, not the straws that we drink out of, but actual pieces of straw. Because what they do is sometimes handfuls of hay are placed under a tablecloth to symbolize Jesus's birth in the manger. And each of the color of straw has its own meaning. So when you sit down, uh, you reach under the table and you pull out your piece of straw or your little tied bundle of straw. And um, if you get green, that indicates that this year you should be very prosperous or that you might get married. Yellow lets you know that, uh, hey girl, hey, plan on having another year of being single. And then black uh, actually foretells that you're going to have bad luck in the year. So... <laughs> Uh, but it sounds really cute and fun, and there's a lot of stuff that they do during Christmas Eve in Poland that is just, everything has a reason, and it's beautiful, and I was reading about it, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to do a whole show about that, so get ready later in the year, we're going to talk about Poland specifically and what they do. So again, there's so many different romantic traditions around Christmas. Again, there's too many to do in this little segment. Um, but I'd love to hear which one of these three did you like the best? And, you know, is there a romantic tradition that you celebrate? Let us know by sending us an email at keepingtheyuletidegay at gmail.com or leaving a short 60-second voicemail at anchor.fm slash keepingtheyuletidegay. Get out your glue gun and Christmas ornaments. It's time for our favorite crafting Christmas drag queen from up north, the one that puts the mess in Christmas. It's time for the one and only Christmas Carol. 
OMG, it's me, Christmas Carol, your messy Christmas queen, don't y'all know? You know, creativity can be sparked by anything. Listen, you don't, you know, you could just be walking along, see some trash on the street and think, oh my gosh, that, that rotten banana peel would make a cute idea for our dress. So, you know, I was trying to think of what, you know, I should be talking about. And I realized during last month's segment, talking about the punch bowl and how it put me in a parody mood and I had to go have a cocktail. And I, it just got my mind flowing like crazy, you know. So it really kind of did put me in a party planning mood. And I thought, you know what, Carol girl, you need to tell people about how you plan a party. So I wanted to share my six whatcha gonna questions to a super successful Carol style party. Yeah, so that's what we're gonna do. Yeah, there are six questions that you got to answer when you're planning a party. And you're probably like, geez, Carol, I didn't realize there was all that going into it. But you really do, and a lot of this stuff you've probably been doing subconsciously. Mm-hmm. So there are six, like I said, you know, our first one is, what you gonna have a party for? What's the purpose behind it? And then our second one is, what you gonna pick for a theme? Well, every party has a theme, whether you think it does or not. And then what you gonna eat? What you gonna drink? What you gonna do during a party for entertainment? And then what you gonna do to let people know that you're having this party? So over the next few episodes, I'm going to be answering those questions for you with party ideas, crafts, and more. It'll give you plenty of time to plan a party after all your friends get vaccinated. Because after this COVID bullshit, we all need to have a ton of parties. Okay, we do. So now what I think will be helpful for you and what I do is to make yourself a couple of vision bards. And some of you may already have vision bards out there. You know, I don't know about your lives. But if you've never made one, all you got to do is take a, a simple piece of poster board you know, get get six of them, make six little mini vision bards and label each one with one of our six what you gonna questions. Place them in order and then look around for inspiration in like magazines or online articles or art or, you know, napkins or whatever, you know, fill them up with ideas. And then as you go through each stage, you'll start to fine tune them and we'll add them as we discuss the what you gonna questions. Yeah, it's as simple as that. So, you know, there are six of them. So if you miss one, just replay the episode again. Yeah, it's okay. We'll take another listen. <laughs> so let's start with our first what you gonna question and vision bard. What you gonna have a party for? You know, I would write on the, the board the word purpose in big bold letters with a colon right after it. You know, and, and here's where you're gonna figure out why you're having a party in the first place. And by doing this, it can really help you figure out the answers to all the rest of the questions. And you're going to say to me now, Carol, not every party has to have a purpose. Well, listen here, Missy, I say pashat of that. Honestly, every party has a purpose, whether you think it does or not. You know, and, and purposes can be anything. They could be like, I just want to hang out with my friends, Carol. I miss them. Or maybe you want to celebrate something. Celebrations are always a great idea for parties. You got anniversaries or birthdays or promotions or proposals or elective surgery, whatever, you know, you got, you got going on. You want to celebrate something. Uh, holidays, of course. I mean, that's why we're doing this. You know, um, I love celebrating the holidays, especially Christmas. Uh, even events like, you know, sports ball games or the Oscars or even seeing who wins that uh, RuPaul's Drag Race that I'll never be on. Really, if you think about it, every party has a purpose. So you should take your time and really think, like, why do I want to have this party? Now, listen, I'm going to be helping a certain friend plan his annual Christmas party this year. So we're going to be using that as our example going forward. So I sat down with him and I said, listen, 
why 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 you want to have this party? And we figured out his party's purpose. And he said it was to celebrate our friendship and around my favorite time of the year by getting together for food and drinks and gifts and games. And I said, perfect. Let's put that on the vision board under the purpose. It's to celebrate friendship and my favorite time of the year by getting together for food, drinks, games, and, and gifts. Okay, we can write that on there. And it's a really good purpose because it gives us a lot of room to work on answering out all the other five questions. So then we started to put pictures up on the board of all different kinds of parties he's attended and pictures of the people he wanted to invite. And then I started finding other things. I was like, hey, this is a picture of a Christmas party in the movie White Christmas, you know, at the very end of the show. And he was like, it's elegant. Put that on there. And so we started finding different pictures and things. And then I said, you know, what are some words when you think of this party that come to your mind? And so he said, oh, like joy and love and friendship. I said, write those on the bard. That's going to keep percolating those ideas in that little brain. Yeah. So all of this stuff really comes to your mind when you sit down and just start working on this project. Now, once you do this once or twice, this is going to start flowing out of your mind like crazy. You're going to knock out these vision boards. And sometimes you may only need like one vision board where you can break all six categories up. You know, if it's like a little small shindig or something. But if you're planning something real big, it's not a bad idea to have those six vision boards together. So listen, my time is running short because, you know, I'm a very busy gal. So Auntie Carol is going to be giving you some homework. What I want you to do is I want you to make your vision board for all six of the, the, the questions. And I want you to figure out your party's purpose and start filling out the board with photos and images. And then send me a picture of it at keepingtheyuletaggay at gmail.com. Yeah. You know, in the next episode, we'll tackle what you're going to pick for a theme. Because themes are different from purposes, kids. Okay? Don't argue with me on that. It's the two different things. So until next time, y'all. Keep crafting. Well, the sounds of sherry being poured let us know that it's time to head back to the Christmas kitchen for Mrs. Claus's tasty treats for your holiday fun times. Cheers. Well, hello, dear listeners. I'm so excited you're back in my kitchen with me once again for Mrs. Claus's tasty treats for your holiday fun times. You know, we've had a good break. Yes, we have. We've had a nice break. But, you know, a lot of my friends uh, from the show live in areas of the United States that were recently hit by a lot of frigidly cold weather. Kind of like the relationship between me and my assistant, Mitzi, who seems to think every time I give her some type of corrective guidance that we have to have an HR meeting. If you could see the gook I'm giving her right now. I'll look at you, write it down. Yeah, exactly at the time. Anyway, so I thought about what I could make that would help all of them quickly warm up during all this cold winter weather. And so I realized... You know, I told you that Santa loves his hot cocoa. He does. So I thought, well, why don't I teach you all how to make a very fast, but made from scratch, hot chocolate? In fact, I call it ho 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 made hot chocolate. <laughs> I'm so cute. I just, you know, I'm so witty. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You don't have to thank me. So... Now, today's recipe it makes only about two cups of the of the actual cocoa. So, you know, this is for when your friend's coming over and you don't feel like having tea or coffee and you want to have a chocolatey little treat. 
you can make a quick whip up a batch of this. Now, you can clearly make this for more people. You just have to, you know, double and quadruple and quintuple and all those other apples, the recipe. So what you're going to need today, really, honestly, it's only three ingredients. It truly is. Now, there's other things you can add in it. We'll talk about those later. But the three main ingredients for this cocoa, honestly, is two cups of whole milk, two tablespoons of sugar, and four ounces of bittersweet chocolate. You want it chopped up. Basically, a, a little under a cup of, of chocolate, okay? And you've got your optional ingredients, which are things like vanilla extract, peppermint extract, whipped cream, marshmallows, ground cayenne pepper, ground cinnamon, or maybe you want some small bits of crushed up candy cane. And you know, my favorite thing that goes in hot chocolate, obviously, is liquor. I mean, it's not a surprise, right? We've been listening to the show. It's, it's fine. Your tools are pretty small, too. You just need a measuring cup for liquids, a microwavable safe bowl, um, a cutting board and a knife, or you can use your food processor, some mixing spoons, and, of course, some coffee cups to pour it in when you're done, and a pot. Yeah, just a regular medium-sized pot. So, you know, we like to do everything in steps here. And you really should know step one by now because it's my kitchen and I work with Mitzi. So, of course, we've got to have our glass of sherry. Let's just fill it right up to the top today. It's a three-cupper. can already feel it with this. That smells so good. Okay. And, of course, we want to toast ourselves to our success because that's how we should always do in the kitchen. We should always toast ourselves to success. Um, so here's today's toast, my dear listeners. Here's to you. May you always be like your hot chocolate and be filled with richness. <laughs> Clinky, cl wait, let me clink against this cup here. Not with Mitzi. Bottoms up. I mean, wait, we're just supposed to have a sip. Oh, it's just... When you work in a kitchen with help that doesn't do anything right... You've sometimes got to give yourself a little pep in the step. Anyway, let me get out my pot. Holy Christ. Oh, listeners, if you could see my kitchen cabinet. I mean, I can't. Really, Mitzi? You've got 17 jobs and you can't do one of them right. All you've got to do is organize the pots. That's all I've ever said. Put them in order of size. It's not that hard. The large pots go with the large pots. The medium pots go with the... It doesn't matter now, Mixie. We're already on the show. Anyway, dear listeners, I'm back. Sorry. So you're going to take your pot and you want to put it on the stove. And, you know, you want to cook it, um, you know, over medium heat, okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to take our two cups of milk and we're going to pour it into the pot and we're going to put it over our medium heat because we don't want it too hot. It's a caldo of milk. We don't want all that. So we've got our two cups in there. There we go. Now we've got work to do while we've got uh, the milk over the stove. Now here's the thing. You've got to watch the milk because what we want to make sure is that the milk 
reaches its scalding point at 180 degrees. And you're probably like, what? Mrs. Claus, how do I know? Well, you could use a thermometer, um, which I have done. You can also just watch the, watch the actual milk. And when the bubbles start to form around the sides, not boiling now. We don't want it boiling. But when, the, when they start to get around the sides, uh, you'll know at that point then, you'll know that it's ready and it's hit the scolding point, okay? It's hit the scolding point. So while that's working, what we've got to do quickly is we've got to cut up our chocolate so we can get it to actually start melting. So I've got my four ounces. It's just a chocolate bar, not the kind you would get like a Hershey's, but you know, like actual cooking chocolate, baking chocolate. And you want it to be a, a bitter sweet chocolate. So I've got the Ghirardelli's squares here and you know, you just break them up into pieces. And now, because we got to go quickly, I'm not gonna spend time chopping them by hand. I'm actually, you can hear me, I'm putting it in my food processor because it's going to have to be faster. And really, one bar of chocolate is all you need for these two cups. But again, if you're going to make multiple cups, you're going to need more. So pardon the noise. I hope the, you know, here we go, okay. Let's chopping the cup. Because you want it to be, I got to yell, you want it to be chopped enough that it melts quicker when you put it in the microwave. I can't turn it off. There we go. Alright. That looks good. Once I get it off of the... Once I get it off the... I can't get it off the damn thing at all. But... Yes, this looks good. It's nice and firmly chopped up. It's fantastic. My milk's not boiling yet, so I'm good to go. Here we go. I'm going to pour it into my microwavable safe bowl here. Give me one second. Here we go. Get it in there. Okay. Making a slight mess, but that's why we've got kitchen help. Certain people could do their jobs. I'm not going to say who, but we all know. Okay. So what we're going to do now is we're going to put it in the microwave for about 30 seconds. Let it to start melting and stir it around. And then uh, we're going to do that a couple of times until it's actually melted all the way through. But we've got to be careful. We don't want to overbake it in the microwave. Because then you'll have burnt taste in chocolate and you've ruined the whole thing for everybody involved and then nobody's getting their hot chocolate. Whew! I'm watching my milk. It is just sitting there. Not really uh, doing anything yet. So, you know, maybe I'm going a little bit too fast. But that's okay because you know what that means? It's time for a sherry break. That's right. Now, while the milk is going ahead and getting warmed up, what we've got to do is also put in two tablespoons of sugar, okay, into the milk. And the reason we're doing that is because we've got this super bitter uh, sweet chocolate. So we want to put our two tablespoons of sugar into the milk. It'll dissolve and mix on its own while it's heating up. So, you know, we've got that. And it looks like, you know, chocolate has started to cook a little bit, but not much enough for my taste yet. So I'm going to put it back in for another 30 seconds and I'm watching this pot get warmer 
and warmer. It's drying, you know. It's on medium. It takes it a bit of a while. But anyway, uh, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like, one, I need new kitchen help. But two, <laughs> two, it sounds like we should take a cherry break. So have, have a sip of your drinks, loves. It just helps take it off. Oh, my God. It's so loud. All right. I'm starting to see the chocolate starting to melt a little bit. I'm going to give it a give it a quick little stir because it's starting to melt but not all the way yet so you know we want to make sure that it melts all the way because as soon as the milk is ready we're going to scoop the chocolate right right into the pot Now I'm looking at my milk thermometer. It's letting me know it's about at 120 degrees. So we're getting very close, you know, very close to uh, the desired temperature. Watching, I'm watching for my bubbles. <laughs> you know, normally my bubbles are found in my cocktails. <laughs> I may have had a sip of sherry before the show. I'm just going to tell you that right now. All right. Our chocolate is nice and melted now, and our milk is almost at the right heat. I've got a little bit longer on the milk, but that's okay. The chocolate's not going to harden by any means in the time it's going to take the milk to reach its, uh, its correct degrees. It's almost there. I'm starting to see the milk steam a little bit, which is fine. But again, this is a great beverage that you can make when your friend comes over and you just, you know, you need to have some new time with your girlfriends or your boyfriends or whoever. And you're like, you know what? Let's not have coffee today. Let's have some hot chocolate and I'll make it from scratch while you tell me all of your problems, okay? And you could say, well, well, Amanda, you know, tell me all about how your rhubarb uh, crumble didn't work out right, or what, whatever banal thing she wants to talk about. And we can do that as we are getting there. We're almost there with the milk, everybody. We're almost there. But you can easily do this while your friend is chattering away and of course you've got to pay attention to your friend but you've got a lot of things going on in the kitchen as well all right it looks like you're almost there we've got just another moment with the milk it's not going to take that long you saw how fast this was it's a very fast recipe and it started we're removing the milk now and what we've got to do now is we have to go ahead and start to mix in the whole melted chocolate okay so give me a second everybody because it's hot because <laughs> it's going to be hot cocoa get that nice and goopy in there you might even want to use a spatula to get the rest of the you know melted chocolate out because it will we want to get all of it in there, honestly. We don't want to waste a drop. It's all chocolate for a reason. 
And then we're going to stir the chocolate and the milk uh, together until it actually starts to uh, combine. Now, a good idea is to use a whisk to do this. And of course, you've removed it from the heat. Mm. It smells wonderful. It does. It's got a nice uh, chocolatey color. It does. It's got, you can tell, I'm getting it. I wish you could see it, but you know, Gason's poor and can't do a video podcast. My God. Um, but you can hear it whisking. So we're going to keep whisking. And then what we're going to do is after we've made sure all the chocolate has melted through. I think that looks great. What we're going to do is we're going to give it a minute and let it cool down. All right, we want it to cool down because during this time, you can start to get uh, your toppings ready. And really, everyone loves cocoa, but it's your mixins that people really love. You know, some people don't think to mix anything in their cocoa. They drink it straight and that's fine too. But the more adventurous of us, we like to put things in it. Yes, we do. Now, for me, <laughs> I like to put in, you know, <laughs> liquor. But while I'm letting this cool, I want to tell you, there are a couple of different variations you can do with this recipe. If you like, you can put a dash of vanilla extract in right after you mix in the chocolate, spin it around in there. Or if you want a pepperminty, which is honestly Santa's favorite, you can mix in some pe uh, peppermint extract. You could also decide if you wanted to um, mix it in with the milk. You could put in a, a fourth of a teaspoon of ground cinnamon and a fourth of a teaspoon for ground cayenne pepper. It'll give it a spicy taste, much like a Mexican hot chocolate. Yes, it's very good. It's very good. Uh, now, also, you can use other types of chocolate if you want than bittersweet, like milk chocolate or semi-sweet, or if you want to get real fancy for your friends, you can do white chocolate. But here's the thing. If you do that, you may want to cut back on that sugar that we added in. Instead of doing two tablespoons, you might want to dial it back or just get rid of it altogether, depending on the, the sweetness of the chocolate that you're going to use. Oh, I, oh it smells so good in here. Okay. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to get out my coffee cups and I'm going to... What a surprise. Couldn't have that ready, could you? So I've got my cup and I'm ready to pour in some delicious um, homemade hot chocolate. I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it another whisk or two just to kind of make sure everything's been mixed fine now that it's cooled down a little bit. We've got to make careful. We don't want it to appear grainy. You know, nobody likes a grainy hot chocolate. And the difference is, now this is a hot chocolate, not to hot cocoa, but I'm going to call it hot cocoa because people, you know, argue about this. They say, well, it's not cocoa if you're making it with chocolate. It doesn't matter. It's hot chocolate. It's hot cocoa. Who cares? I love hot cocoa. I'm going to call this cocoa, even though technically it's not made with a powder. But this is my hot cocoa. So I'm going to pour it into my cup. All right. Now, again, this makes 
two cups of cocoa. And now, I'm sure many of you like to add little things. And if you want to have an adult version, if you want to have an adult version of the cocoa, mix in a little bit of liquor after you're finished making it. That way, you don't accidentally give it to any of the young ones. You don't want that. Anyway, I'm going to give the cocoa a good taste before I add my secret ingredient. Let's taste this here. We've got to make sure it's not uh, super on fire, burning our mouths. Got to blow on it. Oh my God. Listen, <laughs> my friends, if you have not had um, relations in a while and you need to soothe that urge, make this cocoa, sweet God, in heaven. That was delicious. All right. So, oh my God, it's so good. Now, what I like to do for me, because I like my cocktails, I uh, discovered the recipe, thanks to Jason, um, where you put in Malibu coconut rum. <laughs> I know, it doesn't sound like it would be good, but, dear listeners, it really is. So, I'm going to put a splash or three in here and give it a quick mixy mix. And it just gives it a unique Caribbean flavor and it's just so wonderful you just oh oh that it, it makes it taste like a melted almond joy you know the candy bar that's covered coconut covered with chocolate that's what it is wait is it an almond joy or is it a mounds I don't wait one of them has nuts and the other doesn't this one doesn't have nuts hold on let's here we go Are you ready for the sip Oh. oh, now that will take the edge off of working with a certain pain in the ass. Anyway, you know, when I make this hot chocolate and I have all the other girls in the kitchen, because, you know, Mrs. Claus does have girlfriends. We might even bring some of them on the show at some point, you know. Once I get the okay, everything's got to be pre-approved by management. He runs a tight ship. Anyway... While I have the girls in the kitchen, we made up a song that we make during this cocoa. So I'm going to sing it for you. Are you ready? Here we go. <laughs> I like cocoa. Now look, that's actually me clapping. All right. It's not Mitzi because I can't trust her to even beat an egg, let alone trust her to keep the beat with a song. So it goes, I like cocoa. I want cocoa. I love cocoa. I need cocoa. Cocoa's great all the way around. <laughs> Ain't no finer drink in town. Except sherry. And that's honestly as far as the song goes. Because, look, as much as I love hot chocolate, there's nothing that beats a fine glass of sherry. So, you know... Well, I just got an instant message on my computer. Thank God I've got the notifications off because uh, HR is reaching out because apparently Mitzi has gone on to them now. And apparently after this segment, we're going to have yet another meeting about working in a hostile work environment. Well, of course it's hostile. If you could see what she did to Madame Pans in the cabinet. Anyway, until next time. Merry Christmas and happy treat tasting!
Join us now for a classic, or not so classic, Christmas special review. Welcome back for another classic or not so classic Christmas special review with one of my holiday guesty bestie co-host. Please welcome my friend Mallory. Hi, Mal. Hi. Happy to be back. Well, yeah. at least new to this one. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you did come from the other show, and that's uh, kind of my way of saying, "Hey, if you like this, you should listen to Gabby with Jason." <laughs> I'm trying to combine listeners, you know, to increase listenership. Oh, I'm so. down with it. Yeah. Let's increase it. I, I've learned we'll from my marketing guru, you. So. Oh, oh. <laughs> you are so kind. <laughs> I don't know where you get these ideas about me, but I'm glad you think I, so. I mean, because you're fantastic, let's be honest. You really are one of my, my besties, for sure, hands down. Well, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, you know. But... I think you may give me too much credit on the things I do. I've just gotten really lucky over the years. I don't know. You're smarter than I am when it comes to it. So, But you know what I feel like we're not so smart with? <laughs> is oh the goodness, choice is of, of cartoon specials. Now, so, now it so, seemed like a really good idea in the beginning. How can you pass up a name like Candy Claws? <laughs> And at first, I thought it was going to be like Candy Claws, like C-L-A-W-S, kind of like mm -hmm. a little bit of a play on uh, Jack Skellington, you know, Sandy mm. Claws, but Candy Claws. And, it, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, you go ahead. Why don't, why don't you introduce the movie? This is your Oh, show. no, I'm just letting you go. I, was, I appreciated the fact that you thought it was going to be something uh, better than what it was. Yeah, I was imagining Candy Cane, Candy Claws, like Edward Candy Cane Claws hands. But no, that's yeah, not. No, that was not, not what we, we got. got. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, well, okay. So what I do, everyone, is I give, I just randomly pick three specials based on their names. And I tell my friends to pick one. And I don't remember the other two, but Mallory chose The Adventures of Candy Claws. Um, I mean, let's, I do want your listeners to know that I originally requested the Christmas episode of Xena Warrior Princess. And I shut that down real quick. Real quick. Real quick. <laughs> because I like us to find bizarre shows that I don't think anybody knows about. And yeah, that I, no one, this, this show should have never seen the light of day. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, and I admittedly, I picked it just because, you know, not only did I think it was Candy Claws, C-L-A-W-S, I thought there was a, a, at least a slight possibility it could be a pornography, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to come back to that thought at the end of the show. Uh, oh, excellent. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Let's talk about this show. Real so just to give everybody a, a little heads up, um, The Adventures of Candy Claws uh, was created in 1987, and it debuted uh, in syndication on Christmas Day in 1987. Now, it was created in Australia, and it was based on a book called Candy Claws, The New Member of Santa's Family, 
written by Louis Corbo uh, in 1986. So he wrote it the year before, and I'm going to assume beg somebody to turn it into this that we I mean, saw. He has to be somebody's brother-in-law, right? <laughs> Watch Louis like... Corbo be be somebody that actually listens to the show. <laughs> I'm going to get a real hateful letter. I'm really sorry if you get an angry letter from the author. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the 80s were a different time, a different era for sure. But um, maybe it wasn't. Maybe this adaptation isn't true to the original work. You know. Um, but I'm I'm really hoping something got lost in translation there. I I, I mean, I don't think it did. Oh. <laughs> In that case, the I, other, I... well, I was gonna say the other thing that 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 adds to the non enjoyment is when I went to IMDb to figure out who the cast was, it listed only two voice actors. See, that is both surprising and not surprising um, because everyone definitely sounded very similar, but um, a very poor attempt at sounding different. Yes. Like, everybody in the beginning definitely sounds like they have a, a cold. You know, they all talk very nasally Ugh. like this because they have to sound different from the people at the North Pole. And she's like, please just blow your nose, please. I love that's what you're saying because on my opening notes about this show, I, I literally wrote, I hate the voices. And I hate Chris. The character, the little boy, was like, "Oh, he was uh, can worst. I have my uh, can I have my present from Santa Claus now?" Oh my god, you nailed it! Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> All right, so my yeah. my two my two opening lines of uh, of my <laughs> notes are all audio done in one take with no rehearsal. <laughs> Everyone needs to blow their nose. <laughs> I love it because it's hor- It's horrible. It's horrible yeah and i, I think i'm gonna yet to the first scene but there are a lot of extra adults in that nuclear family and i'm not really sure how everything works i have that same roughly same note this is well <laughs> okay so the two actors i feel like you and i can just talk about the show but i just want to i just want to mention these two people because one of them i hate um so keith <laughs> scott played santa claus and all the other a ton of other voices in the show he played like Ono and everybody else. And then he's most known for playing Bullwinkle in the live action Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle movie that came out in 2000 that had like Robert De Niro in it. No, I I never saw the film. Is is mm. a, calling it a film a bit of a, an exaggeration? I don't know. I, I don't know. I didn't care to see it either. And hearing Mr. Scott's talent being displayed in this makes me say, you know what? I made a good choice. Yeah. Oh, did you see the guy who uh, was definitely trying to, or I guess the character, they were definitely trying to make Jimmy Stewart? Oh, it oh was... my gosh, that's in my notes. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wait, is that Jimmy Stewart or is that Barney Fife? <laughs> like, I can't tell. They're somewhere <laughs> in between. Okay, great. I can't wait to <laughs> And then the other actress is Robin Moore, and she played Mrs. Claus and Candy. And then it said other characters. So, I... Again, it makes so much sense when you actually watch the show. So my important knowing... question is who, yeah. which one of those two played Shadow? You know what? It didn't say. And honestly, 
Well, Shadow is who I have down for my favorite quotes. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> well, let me know when we get there. And, um, I, um, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with, uh, let's go with Keith. I bet it was Keith. I bet it was Keith. I bet it was Keith. Um, do you know what I hated right at the beginning, right away? Was the weird title card with all the different fonts that made wow. no sense to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Didn't it look like they just got a, a, a title machine and they're like, let's use every font possible. I think so. I think like, oh, this is still in demo mode. <laughs> We're just putting in <laughs> every That's line's so a different font. I yep. hate it so much. As soon as I saw that, I was like, mm. <laughs> I already hate this show. So, okay. The special opens, and I, I have the term special in quotes. The special opens nice. with a family decorating their tree. And I think wrapping gifts. I don't know. There was a lot of unnecessary noise. Yeah. And... I mean, everything was already decorated and everything was wrapped. I don't really know what they were doing on Christmas Eve or why they waited so long. Yeah, it's really weird, right? Yeah, it didn't make I any know. sense. And then... And who are all I, these extra adults? Well, so here's what I wrote. I wrote horribly voiced mom. Which one's <laughs> because the mom? I, she, I think, when Chris said, where does Santa Claus get his presents? And then it immediately cuts to this other lady. I think she was mom. I think she is too. But, like, there's a weird kiss with, like the dad and this other fully adult woman. I took the assumption that the other two women were sisters. Were like the sisters. Just like the big sisters? Okay. Yeah, but I can't tell if they were supposed to be twins or not because they started talking at the same time and it didn't make yeah. any sense. I, it was moving so fast and it was so like nonsensical that like I couldn't tell who's, what's, whose name was what. And then they like panned to this other cutscene where they're like they they're uh what you what is what is the the film term for what they do in the uh queen music video with bohemian rhapsody you know where they have like the silhouettes of all the different characters and they're kind of or different bandmates and they're kind of overlapping each other they do that with uh christmas globe balls yeah i put kaleidoscope in fact okay so oh, chris wants to know that's probably it yeah, that, that's what I said. So, Chris wants to know where the gifts from Santa are. Do you want me to do my Chris impression again? Yes, please. Mom, where are the gifts from Santa Claus? I don't know if that sounded right, but anyway. Um, and no, she, so apparently, um, he's never if you haven't, had... Can I, can, I plug, can, I, can I plug someone else's video while we're here? Oh, sure. It just sounds so good. It sounds just like Help Helen Smash. There's a, <laughs> a Facebook video called... Uh, like it's a Facebook page with videos. It's by uh, oh. Laura Clary, oh. and yeah. she's got this character. It's called Help Helen Smash, and like your Chris impression sounds just like Helen. It's true. I, I totally know who you're talking about. Yes, check out Helen. Help Helen Smash. Absolutely. Uh, no, it's fine. So then he says, "Well, uh, I, I, I don't know. I think Chris is the dumbest kid I've ever seen on a show because he's like, where are the presents from Santa?" And the mom's like, "He delivers them on Christmas Eve." to Chris. Where are the gifts from Santa? Santa doesn't bring those ones till Christmas Eve. Oh. 
Yeah, you're like nine. You should know that by now. Yeah, like you're you clearly are old enough to know what's happening. And then the dad starts reading off gift names to each other. He's like, to mom from Jules. To Chris from dad. Which made no sense. Like, I was like, what? what's the point? Nobody cares. Throw the damn presents down. Yes. Um, and they can't, like, open them right now. Right. Like, what? Are you, what's the purpose of it? It's like, ooh, look, you got a present from somebody. Yeah, no shit. I can read. I don't know. Maybe Chris can't because he <laughs> doesn't know when Christmas Eve is. And then yeah, he asks, where Chris. does, what does Santa get for Christmas? And the family sits there and stammers for like five minutes and nobody can figure it out. And then that's when they decide to make him a gift. And as this is what I wrote, then all hell breaks loose as we see real life Christmas ornaments spin around in a kaleidoscope format. Right? It made no it's sense, like, right? Oh, no, here's your LSD break while we make some, like, I didn't, almost didn't even know what was happening. I was so confused. Yeah. No, kaleidoscope. That's definitely it. And then this... I was like, is this where you're supposed to be doing more mushrooms? That's what I thought, too. I was like, whoa, did we just jump back 20 years? I'm very confused as to why we're doing this. Yeah. And this piece is also, as you mentioned, very 1970s. Yeah. It was really weird. Just a really weird format. And then we get to hear this off-key voice of Country Satan singing our first song of the show called Christmas Time as the family decides to make dolls for Santa. Strangers smile and children sing in my kind of Christmas. Listen to the church bells ring in my kind of Christmas. Through the dark and frosty night one special star is shining bright with a pure and gentle light in my kind of Christmas, oh Christmas time, Christmas time, Christmas is here, have a wonderful Christmas this year. Okay, but let's talk about this song, okay? <laughs> this was obviously taken... In one, in one take. <laughs> the singer was not given any lyrics, obviously. They said, yeah, you know, just listen to this tune for a little while and just go with it, man. Just go with it. All right? We're just going to, no, you know, and he's just singing. Like, he, I'm just going to repeat the word Christmas time, like, four times. It's going to be fine. And, uh, yeah, they're like, oh, that's good. That's a wrap. And I'm sure the voice actor was like, wait, are you sure? It was one of the worst songs I think I've ever heard in my life. I think calling it a song is a, a charity. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we hear this song and then the family decides, which makes no sense, by the way. The family decide to make Santa dolls, a girl doll and a boy doll. I don't yep. get it. Wouldn't you nope. want to make Santa, like, cookies or a card? Yeah, did we forget that that's what we give Santa? We give him cookies. He eats literally metric tons of cookies every year. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Like, and why give him something milk, that he is... can make on his own? Yeah, yeah, thanks. It's not like I don't have a whole toy shop, right? Right. 
And then I there's feel like this... Santa would get that and be like, the craftsmanship on this was really shoddy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, send this back. This is a reject. I need it redone again. Yeah, this is terrible. You know what? I'm going to... Little Johnny, here is your... What is his name? Chris? Chris. Here, dear Chris, I'm returning your toy with some notes. <laughs> <laughs> P.S. Next time, don't copy my stuff. Come up with your own idea. Cookies are just fine. <laughs> oh, oh, here, here, how about this one? Stay in your lane. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, God, it's so good. So... <laughs> then the family has this, like, I don't know. Honestly, it seemed like they were getting ready to develop, like, delve into chaos because they couldn't figure out how to write a note to Santa about the gifts. Yeah, no, they were, like, totally, I know exactly what to make him. We got this. Like, that seems to be, like, that would be a lot harder part. But then they're... <laughs> um, I don't want to spoil it because it comes out later what they wrote. But it's just like, we need to make it bigger than just us. It's so weird. It's so weird. I know exactly what we should say. <laughs> really, Chris? <laughs> this is where your brilliance come in? Five minutes ago, you didn't know Santa delivered presents on Christmas Eve. But now, all of a sudden, you're an author. Okay. Oh, my God. It's so good. So the, the, the dad, they wrap the presents. And I guess it's Christmas Eve because I was real confused if there was a time jump or what happened. But all of a sudden, the dad is trying to sneak up to the roof to hide the gifts on Santa's sleigh. And he's caught by the neighbors, who I nicknamed Fred and Ethel, because... No, 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 no. You fast-forwarded way too fast. He slips on a bone. (laughs) Just trying to He slipped on a dog bone. (laughs) I'm so sorry. That just, like... (laughs) It's not even like a banana peel. Like, who slips on a dog bone? That is a weird plot twist. I did not see coming. <laughs> so sorry. And the neighbors, they're weird. Like, how did he move into Coella DeVille's neighborhood? I know like, she's got more money than that. Yeah. The the, vo- the female voices are legitimately the worst I've ever heard. Oh, so bad. It reminded me of combination. She, in particular, reminded me of combination of Coella DeVille and the other Disney villain, um, the lady from uh, The Rescuers. The, oh, that's the who I was that, thinking that of. That threw Penny down that well. Yeah. Yeah. Wow! Molly! Molly! Oh, what is it this time, Sam? Come on! Quick! It's, it's Santa Claus! Oh, yeah, Sam, I know. Who else would it be? It's Christmas. The Easter Bunny won't be around for uh-huh. months yet. Well, no, I I just don't understand. Was there any direction given to the voice actor? I'm actors? telling you, this whole whole thing was taken in one take. <laughs> Everything was taken in one take. And I don't know if there was a fully developed script or if it was just like, yeah, let's just see where this goes. Yeah, we've got, we've only have 20 minutes in the studio today, so say your lines, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like, that's how I think this movie got made. I think the author is somebody's brother-in-law who's like, okay, fine, you can use the studio, but only after hours, and don't make a mess. You know, like, this was a friend of a friend doing a favor or something. It has to be. It has to be. It really, really does. It has to be. So, 
Dad gets up on the roof while Santa goes down to deliver presents and throws the doll, the two bo- each of the dolls is in its own box, which also doesn't make any sense. Put them in the same box. But, you know, I guess we needed something to help move the plot along. So they put the dolls are each in their own gift box. Dad hides them under the sleigh, which also doesn't make any sense because they could blow off, but whatever. Um, yeah, and then Dad right. sneaks Dak down and Santa comes back up and... You could, Santa looks tired. He's had a long night. Apparently, he waits to go to this house last, probably because he hates Chris. Um, but he goes to this house. This house is oh, the last be house. Oh, because he hates Chris. No, that's absolutely right. <laughs> you, Santa, you don't even know when I come visit. Yeah. You can wait till the end of the night. <laughs> and then... <sighs> Man, okay. And nobody's surprised that Santa's on the roof. Like, yeah. like the dad's just like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Excellent timing. I made you a doll. <laughs> so Santa gets the reindeer flying through the sky by saying up, 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 which I don't, whatever. It's not how it's done, but they probably couldn't get the copyright to use the actual reindeer names, I'm assuming. Um, oh, yeah. Also didn't hear any ho-ho-hos because there was one time when he was startled awake, Santa, that, I mean... Yeah. He should have been like, oh, ho, 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 but and he should have like done a ho, 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 and he didn't. I agree. I agree. So as he's flying, this is where we meet, and I put this in quotations, the villain named Oh No, as in Oh No. And Santa even says, Oh No, it's Oh No. Who yeah. can magically turn himself into wind, I guess, but not his head, just his body. Yeah. And yeah, it, nothing about this villain makes sense. I mean, he's terrifying. He's one of the scariest villains I've seen. Is he? Yeah. Really? <laughs> no, he is like freaking creepy. Um, <laughs> not like murderous scary, but like... Ooh, have you seen uh, The Boys on Amazon Prime? Yeah, of course. He's he's just, he's translucent, in my opinion. Oh, okay. That makes sense. All right. You know what I mean? He's going to show yeah. up where you don't want him to, and you don't always know he's there. Yeah. And he's a freaking creeper. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. Well, Creeper Ono starts messing with Santa while he's flying the sleigh, and Santa's like, oh, no. I'm too tired for your games tonight. And I was like, I don't think he's he's playing a game. He's trying to kill you, in my opinion. Yeah, um, he's, and, he's attempting murder right now. Right, like I don't think this is a like a like a <laughs> oh what a fun little game, Ono. And then Ono steals one of the boxes of presents, and was like, he starts childishly taunting Santa that he's like, I got a present and you didn't. And I was like, well, he's Santa, and there's another box. You saw that box yeah. when you stole the box in front of it. Like. Yeah. Well, not only that, but the other, the other box ended up back. I guess Ono put it back because they found it later and empty. Yeah, he put it back after he, t- I guess after he takes the doll out of it. I don't, yeah, I don't know if we, did we see him take the doll and put it back or just take the present? I don't remember and I'm not watching it again. No, I had to watch <laughs> it twice, so I'm real mad at you still. But. Because I did fall asleep at the end. <laughs> Well, we can get to that. I'll tell you what you missed. (laughs) 
So Santa arrives the back. The ending is what you missed. <laughs> we all missed the ending. <laughs> so uh, Santa arrives back at Santa's village, and Mrs. Claus is there, and Santa's having a nightmare, I guess. I don't really know. He's talking in his sleep, and she goes outside for whatever reason and sees the packages left under the sleigh. I don't know. In my world, Santa would clean up his sleigh. I don't feel like Santa's just going to get done and be like, nah, I'm good. Walk inside. No, this is the Santa that is like three whiskeys deep and like (laughs) smoking a cigarette after a shift. Yeah. 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 We just cleaned it up a little for the kids. Did we? I I mean, I'm trying to put it nicely. I mean, I guess to 80s standards. Yeah, true, true. Late 80s. Um, they open the first box and you're right, it's empty. And then they open the second box and they find the girl doll and they find the letter. And do you want to, do you remember what the letter says? What, what the family, what Chris and the family decided to, uh, to write to Santa? I remember that, that thinking that they felt that they were so important and their gift was so profound that they, (laughs) (laughs) that they stated it was from all the children of the world. I'm a child of the world, and I would have voted not to give Santa dolls. I know, right? I was like, don't put my name on that. Right, please. Thank you. No, thanks. Can you just say it's from the family that you hate and you leave until the last <laughs> the last stop on your visit? <laughs> well, you know Santa's like, oh, no. I know who this is from. Yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> Look at the handwriting. It's that woman with that horrible <laughs> voice and whose child also has a horrible voice. Yeah, and the only people worse are their next door neighbors. Right. Oh, God, it's so bad. So then Santa finds the girl doll and he just is like, I love her. And then she magically comes to life. At which point her hair turns into a lovely, very tiny Dolly Parton wig. Truth. Truth. Yeah. And she immediately calls Santa dad, which was kind (laughs) of weird. And also Mrs. Claus mom and hugs them. And she was animated for maybe 30 seconds before she started putting things in her mouth. Oh, yeah. Yep. Immediate oral fixation, I'm just saying. Yeah. She deep throats a candy cane. And (laughs) Santa looks at her and says, well, I know what your future career is. And he decides to call her (laughs) Candy Claus because she likes the candy cane. That's right. I was like, oh, my God. Yep. Um, I also oh, hate Candy's that's voice. that's gotta be what happened. This has to be a story inspired by a stripper. And maybe the guy was coming up on a deadline or something and like, okay, hey, honey, you want to be in my, my book? I'm writing a kid's book. And then like, that's gotta be what happened. And then somehow he convinced someone else to make it into a, a, a poorly animated cartoon. Um, you, y- you know, I, I am not going to poo-poo that idea. <laughs> all right so i'm so sorry let's keep moving on so candy <laughs> so likes then, candy yeah candy likes candy and then santa decides to go out and tell all of the people who live i wrote i'm sorry let me read what i actually wrote santa goes out to tell all the inhabitants of santa's village merry christmas the inhabitants okay. are all male elves some uh-huh. bears a couple yep. of penguins a professor and Ono, who also lives in the village, which makes absolutely no sense that the villain lives in Santa's village. 
Um, you are discriminating when you forgot the robot. Oh, well. There's at least one sentient robot that lives there. That is there true. There probably are more. I forgot your favorite. What's Rude. your robot's name again? Shadow. Shadow. It's it's actually Shad-O. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Shadow. so, Santa's going around telling everybody Merry Christmas, and they meet Professor... Who, oh, God, this guy's name's awful, too. Professor Must Know. Right. <sighs> A.K.A. Jimmy Stewart. Yes, and that's what I wrote. I put a poor imitation of Jimmy Stewart's George Bailey voice. Santa, we just want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Why, it's Christmas already? Huh? Uh, but we've just had Christmas. Huh? That was a year ago. Oh. Good heavens. Merry Christmas, then. No, no, sorry. I can't chat. I've got work to do. Good morning. It's it's 100% that. I don't think I can do George Bailey. Like, oh, this isn't Christmassy enough. We need to add some George Bailey. It made no sense. Nope. I feel like that was his last voice. He was like, I've used every voice I have for the show. All I got left is my poor Jimmy Stewart. No, hold on. All I've got left is my dollar store version of Jimmy Stewart. Hey, that's insulting to the dollar store. They they offer high quality <laughs> products at an affordable price. You take so it are back. we saying that maybe it's not the dollar store, it's one of those mom and pop ninety nine cent stores? Oh yeah. Oh, oh, I was about to start naming local places. I won't, but there's a place there's a place that like they put stuff out in bins, and it's $10 on Thursday, mm-hmm. and $9 on Friday, and oh, $8 I've, on I've, Saturday. Yep, I've been there with yes, gloves. and so if it survives to, like, Tuesday of the next week, it's a dollar or something. It's yeah. ridiculous. But, After uh, everybody has touched it. Oh, God. It's like, literally so, feeding troughs of crap. So gross. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, so gross. it's more like that kind of a place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, then Santa goes by Ono's house and knocks on the door. And I I don't remember what happened, but they try to tell him Merry Christmas. And Ono basically like snubbed him. And Candy was like, why did he do that? Santa like tried to make an excuse for Ono's horrible behavior. And then we see that Ono has the boy doll that magically came to life. And I, I don't understand how, but it, he did. And Ono, this is my note about the boy doll. He seems drugged. Did he seem drugged okay, to so you? Let me explain what's happening here. I don't know how you missed this, Jason. Mm. Uh, mm. The boy doll was not able to fully come to life because he's not loved. <laughs> I think Ono I'm not loved kidding. Him That's what it way. is. No, I agree. That's why he had, like, partial mobility and, like, wasn't, I mean, he wasn't even um, a tiny Tim at that point. Like, he was no. worse off than that. Um, and that's why he was in that weird, poor, drugged, not-quite-person state. I mean, yes, he was certainly loved, but not in a wholesome enough way or enough to become fully animated appropriately. <laughs> um, so Ono decides to name the boy. This is so stupid. 
Hey you. That's hey, what I'll call you. Hey you. And I do have doubt that 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 Odo that the that Hey you told Odo that I can't do all the things that Candy does because you don't love me. And my favorite line, there's only one in this whole thing, was when Ono said, What's love got to do with it? You hear her talking? You do that. Uh, I can't. What do you mean you can't? You were made at the same time. Of course you can do what she does. Now, do it. Walk. I can't. Why can't you? Because you don't love me. What's love got to do with it? And I was like, oh, I just just play the song. It's the only thing that's going to save this this show. And of course, <laughs> they couldn't afford the rights to that beautiful number. No, absolutely not. Nope. So, um, what's love got to do with it? <laughs> and this oh, is... and then he spends a good ten minutes shaking the boy doll, which yeah. makes me also very uncomfortable. Yeah. It, yeah. And his eyes don't blink at the same time. No. No. There was... Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess there's not a DFS agent in DFS. Yeah. <laughs> DFS agent in Santa's village because they keep reminding us all the time that theirs are the first two children to ever be in Santa's village. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so then, um, Ono decides to get everybody to like him. I don't understand this, but he decides to get everybody to like him. The only way he can do that is to get rid of candy uh claws so he decides to make her look like she's super clumsy again makes no sense so she'll be sent away so he turns into his wind form and he knocks her down and she takes mrs claus down with her (laughs) and then we time jump a full year thank you he's been doing this for a full year full year he's just been following her around like a creeper when he's not torturing poor Hey You and knocking down Candy. Yeah, I was trying to figure out, has it been a full year? And then we get it's song number... Year. Yeah, then we get song number two, sung by the elves, called In Santa's Workshop. <laughs> down Santa's workshop, things go tinkle, tangle, Mom's pop, making toys for Christmas for the children of the world. Hurry, hurry, don't stop, down Santa's Making toys for Christmas for the children of the world. Twinkle, twinkle, chop, chop. Down in Santa's workshop. Busy, busy, never stop. We'll finish all the toys. Come on, quick and end this song. Cause all the little girls and boys are waiting for their Christmas toys. Down in Santa's workshop, things go tinkle, tangle. Making toys for Christmas for the children of the world. (laughs) If they were trying to rhyme words with workshop. Um, oh, it is, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and and again, mm-hmm. I'm going to say this. Did you notice there were no female elves whatsoever? Just all male presenting elves. Yep. Uh huh. I would. I definitely noticed that. I don't know where those elves came from. Or yeah. Yeah. It's a Christmas miracle. Is it? So in the workshop, I like how we also blend science and machines. With Christmas miracles. Yeah. But then just like refuse to even pretend to explain any of it. We'll yeah. Because during I've got, that I've got song. A whole thing about that. Well, yeah, no, because during that song is where we start to see the futuristic robots. And right after yep. it is where we meet the robot Shadow. Shadow. Who is a ball with a tripod legs. That is what I wrote. 
Yep. He's a ball with legs. Um, what were you going to say about the robots? Oh, uh, nothing. Just like the, the candy pullers at the end. It's just like a whole bunch of hands. <laughs> making candy hands. <laughs> it just was very Rugrats to me for mm-hmm. some reason. I don't know. Well, okay. So then the elves talk about how basically candy sucks. Because she doesn't ever pay attention to... I mean, they literally just talk trash on her. They <laughs> I was were like, kind of trying to be nice. They're like, oh, what are we gonna do? They had an entire staff meeting about her. Not only that, but they also had a fully fully developed presentation about what their plans were. <laughs> and so Candy accidentally overhears... That the plans are that they're going to keep her out of the workshop as much as possible till after Christmas. They want her to train baby reindeer to fly. And that Shadow will follow her wherever she uh, goes. And then like Candy realizes... Shadow. What'd you say? What? Like a shadow. Like a shadow. And um, Candy overhears and that she sucks. Because, I mean, you know, the show's named after you. I, I don't know why you wouldn't imagine that you didn't know that you sucked if your show sucked. So... Um, she cries and decides she's going to run away, which makes, I don't know. Oh, because, um, she says no one likes her. And then. So she doesn't feel loved. Yeah. She doesn't feel loved anymore. She runs away into a snowstorm. Yeah. And I think Ono kind of messes with her because I guess his life is boring. Like he goes and messes with her again. And then. Yeah. No, he's, he's a sad little man. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I, my notes don't even make sense anymore, and I think this is where I fell asleep. Um, <laughs> did she decide that she was... She ran away and then decided she's going to come back, because, you know, we do that as kids. No. Santa came to rescue her, because Shadow she sent said, out a distress signal. Okay, and then she said she wanted to make candy then, canes to give to all the kids yeah, in the world. Right, but then so Santa, when Shadow sent out the distress signal... They uh, recycled the same three clips of animation <laughs> for a good four to six minutes. There might have been music. I don't know. I, I don't know. But it was the same three clips over and over again of Santa running around with his reindeer. And then they finally found... Why would you have a robot with a tracking beacon if you can't freaking find it? Right. Well, and no. then Ono whispers to her that Santa doesn't love her and no one likes her. Which causes her to fall to the ground, and Shadow tells her she's got to get up or she's going to turn back into a doll. And then, is that? I think that's when Santa actually finds her. Uh-huh. But when he she's finds her, covered he, in snow, yeah. right? And she's back into an actual doll now, because mm-hmm. she believed Ono that Ono uh, that Santa didn't love her, and then Santa hugs her, and she magically comes back to life. That's it? That's all it takes? That's it. And then it jumps to a scene with her making candy canes with Mrs. Claus and tells her that she's already trained the baby reindeer to fly. I have no idea how much time has passed. No idea. But that's actually... (laughs) Um, You asked for my favorite scene. (laughs) And my favorite scene is Candy talking about the reindeer that she taught to fly instead of actually showing her teaching reindeer to fly. The baby reindeer is wonderful. We will ride on the snow down. Professor must go way to them. And I put Jack down there with him. Good for you, dear. I knew you could train them. It was 
Is it because is it your favorite scene because they saved money on animation? Yep. They're just like, eh, we don't need this. Oh, God. Um, and then Professor... Oh, so it's Christmas Eve, and uh, they are in with all the elves and Mrs. Claus and Santa Claus and Candy. And then Professor Musnow gives her a, a present where Candy then sings a song about herself with the elves called Candy. And mm-hmm. this is what, I mean, I was annoyed through this entire thing, but this is where I was like, I, I thought I was going to be pushed over the edge, but oh no, there's more later. She, they sing about her having so many adventures, and I was like, we saw one, and I don't even count it as an adventure. She got lost in the snow. Yeah. yeah and then they bad. also sang about how much they loved her, even though I'm guessing a few days ago is when they got caught talking shit on her. Are you right? <laughs> yeah, so it must have been like the week before Christmas is what I what I've decided mm. when she got lost in the snowstorm, and then so within that week she made whatever he whatever the uh, the shadow uh, character said like one point six billion candy canes because she wanted to give one candy cane to every kid in the yeah and on the planet, so they did that in a week, no problem, and made her made her own little sleigh and apparently like fixed all the crap that she broke for a full year (laughs) and then Um, we're on the home stretch and we get this present this present this bracelet now i wrote down everything the bracelet can do did you um i'm gonna let you go first (laughs) i have notes about the bracelet as well i just first i didn't talk about its appearance but it's this no, bracelet no that can... There's no bring that up at this point. Yeah, it, this is what the professor said. This bracelet can carry you throughout time. What? Right? Will help her if she's in trouble, which is very vague. And knows everything. <laughs> About what? Okay. Oh, God. It is two minutes to closing time on this film. Yep. If we want to call it that. Two minutes to closing time, and we bring out a sentient, all-knowing, all-powerful time travel bracelet. <laughs> Two minutes to closing time. What are you doing? Oh, God, it's so Why? good. It's so good. Not only I was that. Like... Not only that. <laughs> but when they asked him how it works. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't he know literally said, saying. I don't know. <laughs> And they didn't even, they have such an easy out. It's a Christmas show. It's, you know, by the power of Christmas magic or all the belief of the children of the world. You can bring back the children of the world BS. Like, they didn't even give it a shot. There's like, I don't know. No, nothing. How's it work? I I don't know. I just built it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know. Well, okay. So here's, and I don't, I, I, I know that you didn't catch it because you didn't know the author's name of the book. But Candy asks the bracelet to tell her about herself, and it, it's like you were created by the Corbo family. That's the name mm-hmm. of the author. Yeah, I don't know if I'd take credit for that. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then he says you were created with your brother, and she's like, I have a brother. And I'm like, it. This show is over in a minute. What is happening? What? Yeah, yeah. So then you get this like faint glimpse of like, oh my god, maybe they're gonna re- like rescue that boy from that weird, terrible molester. But no, <laughs> you don't get that at all. No, Ono is watching from his house, and he's watching her, and he freaks out that she knows about Hey You, so he gets pissed. And he basically tells her that he's taking Hey You away. And then yeah. Candy says, I will find my brother. And that's literally the end of the entire special, is her saying, I'm going to find my brother. Yep. yep. No, to With be continued sentient, to tomorrow night. Nothing. With my sentient time travel bracelet. All Candy has to do is say, hey, help me find my brother, like, last year. <laughs> then they could have ended it. They needed ten more seconds. Honestly, I just remember, I sat there and I was like, did I not watch the right thing? I spent another yeah, half no. an hour trying to find if there was a second part. That's what I did. It says uncut. It's the full thing. That's it. <laughs> it does say uncut. Because <laughs> we watched oh, it on I YouTube. I say I was disappointed that we didn't get to see the Sears commercial that was clipped in somewhere in the middle. I know. <laughs> I was like, oh, I would have actually liked to have seen that. Well, so here, let me add a little intrigue for you. Right. So I started searching for like, what, you know, is Candy Claus a sequel? And then at the very end, it said the uh, Santa's family. And I thought, okay, well, maybe I need to look for the Santa's family movie. So I, I Googled Santa's family and Candy Claus. And it took me, of all places, to Amazon where I found out that the thing was written based on this book. Now, reading through the comments, because, you know, if you're ever bored, read through the comments on Amazon, because they're amazing. Absolutely. And some, Absolutely. <laughs> some lady goes, are you, to the author, are you ever going to write a sequel to this book? I've been waiting since 86 to find out if she ever finds her brother. Oh, 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 oh my god. I was like, you've been waiting 35 years, ma'am. And then, Mallory, the author himself writes on the reviews and writes... No. Yeah, he's, he writes, my opinion is skewed because I'm the author. And I think this book should be republished. Let your voices what? be heard. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, that makes it right there. Well, and again, it answers the question. He wrote the book on a cliffhanger, thinking it was going to be this massive success. Womp womp. Right? I, well, I mean, kudos to the guy. He got a he got a really poorly animation done out of it with two terrible songs. He so. was also, I think, like the executive producer, or he had he had some other names in the credits, but he was in the credits for the cartoon too. Yeah, he definitely there's a lot helped. of people with the last name of Gross, so I'm assuming he's related to the Grosses. Probably. Maybe the Grosses are the brother-in-law. Maybe. Yeah. Something. 
I've just never seen a Christmas special end on a cliffhanger with like that. zero in, resolution? Yeah, in my entire life. And so, I, again... Well, I, I don't I, see how anything is ever a cliffhanger if you give the main character a <laughs> sentient, all-knowing time travel bracelet two minutes before you end the show. Literally nothing else that happens after that matters. <laughs> like, she is now God. <sighs> really, she is. She's a time traveler. Yeah, no, she's, um, you know, whatever that Marvel character is that tried, that snapped his fingers and killed everybody. She's that Thanos. guy now. You're saying she's Thanos? Thanos. <laughs> yep. She's Thanos now. Well, let me ask With you. With a bracelet. Let me ask you this. I already know how we both feel about it. Did you notice any gay or hidden gay characters? Because, um, you know, a lot of times, especially in older movies and older cartoons, smarter artists would try to throw in a, a hidden gay icon or something to um, kind of show the I world thought... that gays are there. I think really the the stretch would be Santa as a daddy. <laughs> and, um, Shadow, maybe. Oh, see, I put all the elves because there was not a female there. And, totally, yeah. You know, I don't know. No, I yeah, absolutely. It's uh, that's that's not a stretch for, to me either. But uh, I was looking and I didn't see anything too terrible. But there was definitely definitely some weird dynamics in the show. So, how many rainbow candy canes would you give this special? With one to five, five being the best. Oh, can I give you my favorite quotes first? Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, so I only had two, and they're both from Shadow, and it's uh, candy. Sorry, candy. I feel sorry for you. I don't know why. Just like being being pitied by a robot just sounded really terrible to me. <laughs> and uh, you were not meant to see that. Because when they were all talking trash on her. And uh, somehow the oh no got, um, got her to watch the video on it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's when they were talking trash. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I liked Shadow. I would say that he's the only character I enjoyed out of the entire thing. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yep. Hands down. Yeah, he's... Hands yeah. down. Yeah. I would, oh, I would, I would watch a Shadow reindeer, spinoff. The reindeer looked doofy as hell. Like, they yeah. all looked like they were, like, wolves. <laughs> that they were trying to make reindeer. Oh... Uh... Anyways, sorry. Oh God, no, no, it's okay. It's just but not. But if you want to, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just say it's just not good. So, how many rainbow candy canes out of five would you give this? I would give them negative five. <laughs> A full negative five. I put zero. I would give zero. I never want to watch this again. I feel like um, you're being very generous, and I have to know. Is this the worst special you've seen so far? Yes. Like by a little or a lot? A lot. Okay. Yeah, this is um, definitely. I'm glad that that we the experienced worst. this together. But next time we're doing Xena. <laughs> okay. 
So uh, <laughs> I feel like we've already answered this question, but would you rank this as a classic or not so classic special? Classic being that you think everyone should watch it every Christmas. Um, is there an option where we should burn this for the sake of humanity? <laughs> no, but maybe we should create that one now. Yeah, yeah. This is like... It would be difficult to even call this art. Yeah, I agree. I know I... someone's vision, though, but, so I'm, you know, I know we can't be too harsh, but um, I definitely, I definitely will say this is not something I would watch in an all-ages environment. I, I do not think this is family appropriate. I, well, I wrote in my notes that I hate it. I'm mad I had to watch it twice. And I feel like this is something you make bad kids watch at Christmas as punishment so that they change their behavior. Not because they're trying to get gifts from Santa, just because they never want to watch it again. That's a good, that's a good plan, I think. Yeah. Also, uh, you know, you could, you could threaten to send them to Ono. Oh no, you know, Ono oh no wants his own, <laughs> Ono oh wants his own little boy. You better not make me send you up to the North Pole. I'll get you to Ono right now, damn it. You better oh, knock God. it off. I would definitely... How, how many rooms do I need to clean to not go right now? Right? Like, that's that's terrifying. So, as I... Uh, Mallory, as I traveled down the wormhole trying to figure out what the hell I watched and where the second half that never got filmed was, I stumbled upon something else. Oh, goodness. Did I you know... I can't believe you better Ron Popeil me and there's... But wait, there's more. There is more. apparently they thought this show was going to be a major success because they decided to give Candy Claus her own 1-900 number. What? Yep, that kids could call and hear a different story each day up until Christmas. It was $2 for the first minute and 45 cents each additional minute afterwards. And the money was to go and uh, the money was being donated to the American Lung Association. That does not make her sound any less like a stripper. I know. When you said stripper, I was like, just wait. She gets a 1-900 number. Foam sex operator doll. That's messed <laughs> up, man. <laughs> so you can, actually, you can actually find that commercial on YouTube. Wow. Oh. Wow. Because at first I was like, is this legitly real? And I watched it and I was like, oh my god, this is real. They thought this was going to be such a success. That kids were going to get there. First of all, my parents would have never allowed me to dial a 900 number. I, I mean, He-Man had one at one point too. And I was of course, never allowed to dial a 1-900 number. No. You're a kid. $2 for the first minute and 45 cents the each a minute. You know those stories were like 15 minutes long. Oh, they had to be. And on top of that, like, I mean, you would literally have to steal your parents' credit card for that. Yeah. That's well, insane. I, I, I wish that I could find this on DVD so that I could get it for you for Christmas. Thank you for not doing that. <laughs> You'll know that our friendship is over if you get a copy of this. Oh, <laughs> that sounds awful. Some and people get a horse in the bed when they're in trouble. I send out copies of The Adventures of Candy Claus. Oh my god. I really had so much higher hopes for such a fun title. 
Me too. Me too. But you know, as soon as I heard Chris's voice at the very beginning, I knew. That you were going to hate the rest of the movie? Yep! I was like, there's nowhere to go. Because my first thought was, if he's in this movie the rest of it, I'm done. (laughs) I'm already mad. But Bob, where are the presents from Santa going to get here? Sit down. (laughs) How do you not know how this works? I still don't understand why there was ever going to be a sequel if she has a sentient time travel all-knowing bracelet. <laughs> there is no more storyline after that. <laughs> this entire universe is now controlled by Candy Claws. We are all at her mercy. And it's not today. She- then three days from now or three but, days ago, I don't know. But here's the other scary thing. As soon as she feels unloved, she's going to turn back into a doll. Anybody can steal that bracelet. Yes. That's all Ono has to do. And then Ono has a time-traveling, sentient, all-knowing bracelet. Do you know how scary that movie would be? Oh, God, yeah. Oh. It would hide be, your oh. kids, hide your wives. Ono oh, is <laughs> the <laughs> visit. That's definitely the tagline for Ono's movie. And it would oh, start off God. with, Oh no, it's Ono, and he's back again. With yeah, Hey I... You. And you just see that drugged little child. Oh, I just feel like we should also just tag Uno in there, just because why not? <laughs> rhyming. It's all the same. Mallory, thank you so much for coming on and giving me something to hate. More than anything, I think I've hated in a long time. What a, what a wonderful mid-after-year Christmas gift. I don't even know what to say about it. But gosh, thanks so much for choosing oh, this so one. I'm glad we can hate it together. Um, <laughs> next time, I think I would prefer it to be a pornography, because this was awful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mallory, one more thing. Uh-oh. What? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Jason. <laughs> We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Oh, Santa's here with a very special present. Dial this number now and meet Candy Claus, the Christmas seal child. Hi, I'm Candy Claus. Call me now and travel on an exciting trip all around the world, gathering toys for Santa. And there's a different story each day till Christmas. Presented on behalf of the American Lung Association. So dial now. Just when you think the show can't get any worse, it's now time for Naughty Ned's White Elephant gift suggestions. I'm sorry if anyone gets offended.
I love ending each episode hearing a Christmas memory or tradition, so I invited my friend Mallory back to tell us one of hers. If you'd like to share a Christmas memory or tradition, don't forget to email us at keepingtheyuletidegay at gmail.com or leaving us a short 60-second voicemail at anchor.fm slash keepingtheyuletidegay. One of my favorite Christmas traditions is my mom would make real hot chocolate, like on the stove, like not something that you put in the microwave. Um, and we would, sometimes that people, that everyone in the family would listen to me very poorly play Christmas songs on my piano uh, by like, you know, doing the kid thing where you uh, strike the keys very adamantly one at a time. I don't know how they even figured out what songs I was playing. But they were all very supportive. Um, but really the hot chocolate was a big thing. And like so many marshmallows in it that it almost overwhelmed the cup. I think that was probably my favorite. Well, that wraps up this month's episode. We hope that it still inspired a little bit more love in your life. Uh, if you love us, please subscribe and share the podcast with your friends. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Owltail, Google Podcasts, and more. We hope you come back for our next episode as we continue to put the mess in Christmas. Bye. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Yuletide Gay. The first Noel, Oh Christmas Tree, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Hark the Herald Angels Sing, The Twelve Days of Christmas, and Silent Night, the Disco Edition are all provided by freexmasmp3.com. <laughs>